This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you today, and I'm excited for you to meet our guest, Candy Mozek. I think you're going to really love this conversation. It's one of those ones that I just think we all need a little dose of every once in a while. We're going to be talking about self-confidence and how we sometimes need to work on that as women and how we can work on that and what it even means to work on your self-confidence. And I'm having a little bit of a meta moment because I usually batch podcast intros and endings. I talk a bit about batching. I've probably talked about it on the podcast before. I'm talking about it all the time with my clients in Flow 365 because I really believe that one of the ways that we make life harder is by consistently switching the kinds of things we're doing. So often I will spend a couple hours recording different parts of the podcast because when my brain is in the mode of just connecting with you and being with you, it gets really exciting. And then I can go off and do the next thing that might involve writing or emails. But when I go from like recording to writing to being with a client, it just, I find I waste a lot of time in the middles and I don't mind wasting time. I mean, I love downtime, but it's not really downtime. It's more like frustrating transition time. So I'm all for batching. And I'm telling you all this because I meant to do that a couple days ago and I had no voice. And I think last time I recorded an intro, which would have been last week, my voice was raspy, still raspy. It's been a few days since I recorded that one. And I was thinking I should record a couple because it's the 4th of July week and we're going on vacation and whatnot. And I don't think I can because I think I'm gonna have to bring the microphone and hope that my voice comes back and I'm noticing my self-confidence and like, why is my voice going away? And I'm not sick and I keep losing my voice and blah, blah, blah. So the topic today feels very relevant to me right now. I have all sorts of stories in my head about my voice and why I keep losing it and why it's not coming back. And it's so silly because my body is just needing a break and it's telling me that and I know this. And yet, here I am. So I'm telling you all this just so you know that it's like life is just this consistent, interesting journey. We're all working on things. You're in good company. I'm in good company. And I just love having these conversations. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited you get to meet Candy today. So before I officially introduce her and before I get her on the show, I just have a few announcements. So number one, in a couple weeks, 
we are hosting a workshop. I hope to have full voice by then. And it's going to be all about the process for planning your day. And I mention in a lot of my workshops how I plan a day and I share the today sheet often. And you can go to our website and download from overwhelm to ease, which is kind of the why behind how I plan my day. But I'm going to go like deep into it. And one of the things that I've been finding, I've been batching other things so I can have huge expanses of time to be a little bit more creative than I normally can, because the next version of the flow planner is definitely percolating and coming through. Like what's the next evolution of this? Women in Flow 365 have been working in this version and other people have bought this version and given some feedback, but really in Flow 365, I can really understand how people are using it. And we've been in this version for about a year and a half now. And so I can see where I love it and where I wouldn't change a thing. And then I see these places where it's like, oh, like part of that is still entrenched in masculine energy and how we always have planned. And like, what's the piece of that that's like really us balancing the masculine and the feminine, the being and the doing? How do I bake that being part more into this for people who aren't in flow? And so I've been thinking a lot about that. I just want the next version. I feel like the next version is going to be like a big jump. I feel like sometimes Apple goes from like, you know, like sometimes it's just a 0.5 upgrade and then sometimes we skip two numbers. I feel like right now we're going to skip two numbers. It's kind of cool. This will be the fourth version. So we're always trying to improve and make better something that's really already working quite well for a lot of people. So for anyone listening who's like, I love the way it is, don't worry. We're just always bettering. We're not doing anything. And this time, actually, one of the things that we're thinking about doing is creating some more specific planners. So if you're trying to plan a work-heavy quarter, you would have one planner. If you're trying to create a quarter that you're leading with your health, that might be a slightly different planner. That's some of the things that we're thinking about coming out with. So stay tuned for that. Now I'm forgetting why I even was telling you this. Oh, because I'm thinking about planning your days. So as I've been doing this planner work, I've also been thinking about how can I teach this even better? And how can I teach the way in which I navigate my days, which has really freed me. It's really helped me to feel in balance and calm, even when there's a lot going on, y'all. These past few weeks, clearly, because at the end of them, I lost my voice. There's been a lot, a lot of stuff personally, with kids finishing different milestones, a lot happening around Plan Simple, a lot happening in my broader family. I lost one of my favorite aunts and it's been a really full couple of months and that's life. And yet I have this process that each day when I hit the pillow at night, I feel really good about what's happened, what's transpired, even when I'm not totally on plan. So I really want to share that process. And so we're hosting a workshop about it as always with our workshops. You can go to plansimple.com slash workshop and you'll be able to sign up for that. And it's in mid-July, but if you're listening and excited now, go sign up. And by the way, when you go to the page and you're like, yeah, I'm excited about this, do me a favor and think if there's like one, two, five other people who you know who might like this and share it with them. We're always trying to get our message to more people and you're a really big help in helping us do that. All right. So I can't wait to see you there. That's coming up soon. Again, 
Hopefully I'll have a voice by then. So let's get back to Miss Candy. So Candy is an author, a podcast host, and a business coach for life coaches. She helps smart people start successful coaching businesses. And you're going to hear on this episode just what like a calm, grounded presence she is. And if you're listening, because that's how we put out this podcast, but when I'm doing the interviews, I'm on video. Someday we'll make the video live too, but we haven't done that yet. So, I mean, not of this episode, but you know, going forward in the future, I would never put anyone's video online who didn't approve that in advance. But anyway, we're looking at each other while we're making these. And at the end of my chat, I asked, I don't even know why, but I never asked, I don't always ask this of my guests, but I was like, how old are you? And just the way Candy speaks, she's so just wise and calm. And you can see also that she's, and you'll hear because she tells stories about how much life she's been through. And I was just like, and then she told me her age. I think she says it on the podcast, but I don't even remember. So I'm not gonna tell you. But anyway, what she said and how old I thought she was like didn't match. So this woman looks so good for her age. That's all I have to say. I was like, wait, what? I thought maybe she had like little kids running around the house. She's like, no, no, no. My kids are out of the house. They're all grown. So cool. So I don't want to keep riffing on her because I just want you to meet her and really dive into this concept of self-confidence with us and how it's really a worthy thing to step into. And one of a few of the things that she'll share, which are great tools for just discovering how to be more self-confident, I think are fabulous tools for weaving into the summer, which is one of the reasons why I'm really excited that this is coming out live when it is. And if you're listening to this in the middle of the winter, then use it too. But as this is going live, I've really thought about this. And some of these tools are things that I'm really leaning into right now as well. All right. With no further ado, let's get the amazing Candy on the show. Hello, Candy. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, Mia, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh my gosh. So I've recently had a great conversation with you because I was on your podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get you on our podcast because you just ask really good questions. And so I know that when people ask really good questions, they also have really good answers to my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So will you give us a little bit of the backstory about how you got to where you are today? Sure. I started out as an engineer. I was in corporate. I did all of the things. I climbed all the rungs on the ladder. People kept offering me promotions and I kept making more money. And you know that saying, you can't get enough of the thing that you don't really need? That was me. I just yeah. felt so hollow inside, like everything looked so good on the outside, you know, but on the inside, it was just like this empty cavern. And so there comes a time when we get struck, right? We go, okay, I meant for something different in my life. I know I meant for more. And that started my personal development journey in more depth. I kept looking, people kept saying, Candy, you should be a coach. And then <laughs> I ignored them for probably three years. And then finally, I started to look into it. And over time, I realized, yeah, this is my thing. So I became a coach. And then other coaches started coming to me and saying, hey, can you help me with this? And so now I work with coaches. And so you're like the coach of coaches. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So we talked a little bit before we press record about some of your favorite things to talk about, and we might get to all of them, but the place I want to start is with confidence. 
And one of the things I notice actually, now that you said where you got to incorporate, I didn't say I was going to talk about this, but now this is really piquing my interest is I've noticed And, you know, we tend to work with a lot of people, whether they're coaches or healers, or I don't know, we have someone who's a genealogist. So a lot of times people come into our world for their second gig or to really improve on whatever their main gig has been in a really balanced way. So usually we get people who are trying to balance their meaningful work with a really vibrant home life, often raising kids or taking care of parents these days seems to be just as as relevant and really taking care of their body. So people tend to come into our world when all three of those things are kind of coming to a head at some point. And one of the things that I notice is that women who have in the past made a lot of money get to this point where their confidence becomes really low. So we had said that one of the things we would talk about is confidence. And as you were saying that about you had gotten to this point of making lots of money, I just got curious. Did that stick when you went into coaching? Like, did that ever go away for you that your confidence that you could create this new thing? Oh, that's the funny thing. Yeah. So confidence is two different things, you know, so, and I think that's somewhere a place where we get tripped up is confidence is an emotion. And every emotion ebbs and flows, right? And so sometimes I feel confident and sometimes I don't. But self-confidence, that's the inner game, right? It's the place where I build my self-trust. I keep my word to myself, kind to myself. I build that, like that relationship with me. So all of it was in, I don't know, jeopardy. That sounds so dramatic, but it's not really that dramatic. It's just I think that I had lost my self-confidence by doing all the things that were no longer right for me because I didn't trust myself anymore by taking those promotions. So then moving into coaching, my confidence was really low. I always look confident on the outside, but I don't always, I'm not always feeling that self-trust, right? And that had to be built up again. So that was part of the journey. Oh, I love that. I love that answer. Okay. So can we keep going with that whole self-confidence piece? Because I feel like you just threw out so many nuggets in there about self-confidence and I don't know, like bring it on. Tell us about (laughs) self-confidence. Cause I feel like that's the thing that at some point as women, it's like, that's the thing we all have to step into, right? It's like no one, our job isn't telling us, our mother isn't telling us, our spouse isn't telling us like, And there just becomes this point where we really have to take care of ourselves. And to me, developing self-confidence is what self-care is. Self-care is not pedicures and manicures and massages in my brain. It's more tending to things like self-confidence and really being able to embody that. So I don't know, bring it on. Tell us what you know about this. Yeah. And I just, I like that self-care is this building of self-confidence. There is that place for the manicures and the pedicures and the massages and all that. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, gosh, they're fun. They feel good. So that's always a good thing. And often I think that's where people start, right? And wherever you think start is good. As you were describing that and thinking about all these different people that, you know, we've sort of, I guess, deferred our life to our spouses, our children, our parents, our work. And That is often the place that people come from. It's this, they did everything that good woman was supposed to do. They started out as the good girl. They followed the rules. They got the good grades. They got the gold stars right on their forehead. And they thought that that was the recipe, right? And then they support everybody else. 
they're kind, they're strong, they're that listening, you know, they're the person that somebody talks to. And somewhere in the way they forgot about themselves. And in that gap, you know, like there's, it starts kind of as like a rock in your shoe, like a little tiny rock in your shoe. And then it starts to grow and grow and grow. That's when we realize that we have just put everybody else in front of us. And it's only in that place of discomfort that then we actually come in and go, what about me? Who am I? It's one of the scariest questions you can ask yourself, right? What about me? What if, like, is this satisfying to me? And so that's, you know, that place, that sort of that dark night that we often go through. That's the place where I see a lot of women, particularly, start this journey of building self-confidence because they realize that their life isn't endless. They realize that the kids are going to grow, that everybody else is living their life. And here they are just holding down the fort. So that's often the spark. And then, like you described, you know, sometimes it does start with the massages and the pedicures and all that. And that's just fine. We all start where we need to. And will you explain the results? Because I feel like sometimes it's hard. I just imagine there's people listening or like, well, who am I to like spend time going and figuring out my own self-confidence? Like there's enough on my plate or like, what good will that really do me? I feel like there's a lot of questions when we really go into this more inner work, which I feel like is the most worth it thing we can all do. So I will keep saying that over and over again, but I love when it's not just me explaining what's on the other side and getting a lot of perspectives on that. So what's on the other side of really going in and finding that self-confidence for yourself? Yeah. So it's really just one phrase, it's coming home, you know, to come home to yourself is everything. I just had this experience and gosh, I'll probably cry. About three months ago, (laughs) about three months ago, a woman that I've coached off and on over many years, she emailed me and she said, Candy, my life is a mess. She's like top salesperson making massive dollar you know, top of the company working in heavily male dominated field. And she's a black woman. So she's got all the things to overcome. And she said that there's nobody here for me. I'm the strong one. Everybody leans on me. I cry every day. And I don't know what to do. I can't tell if I need a psychiatrist. I can't tell what I need. I'm so far gone. And that was early in February. And right now we're recording this in the beginning of June. So I had a chat with her. We talk weekly. That's common for me with my private clients. And at the end of May, she gets on Zoom and she is just on fire. She is alive. And I oh looked God, at her I and I said, it. look at you. Look at what's going on. What has happened? And she just looked at me and she said, everything has changed. And I said, what is different if you could name it? And I read to her the email that she had sent to me. And she looked at me like she could hardly even remember that woman. And she said, you know, I found myself and I like myself and I respect myself and I take care of me too. And so that was just like, I don't know, to me, it's just mind blowing Yeah, that you can, in a relatively short time, build that relationship with yourself. So, yeah. I love that. And, you know, we're focused around here on my version of productivity, which means that we're making time for all these things like space to figure out our self-confidence and more emotions. Because, you know, 
I've seen just hundreds and probably thousands of times that when we're really overwhelmed with all of our rules and our to-do lists, like the things on the list are not what create the overwhelm. It's the emotion around it, right? And so once we tend to all these things and become a person truly connected to ourselves and our own self-confidence and how we're showing up, that same list doesn't have the same, like it just doesn't create overwhelm. And I've seen people be overwhelmed with a list of three as much as a list of a hundred, like it just has nothing to do with what's on the plate. It has all to do with this piece that you're talking about going through this process of truly knowing yourself, not the self that like your mother and your father told you you should be, or, you know, that all your education thought you would be, or like all those things. It's like really you (laughs) right now. So I love that. Yeah. And what you just said about the emotion that it's not you know, the actual things on your plate or on your list, but it's really how you feel about them. And I think that's a parallel for self-confidence, right? It's how you feel about yourself. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. I love that you can solve that, right? It's so good. I mean, it's so powerful that we can solve that. And it doesn't, you know, of course, there's all sorts of circumstances going down. And I don't want to belittle anyone's moment that they're in right now. And I think we especially, you know, yeah, I just think that we have more power than we've, most of us have been conditioned to believe that we have around this idea of knowing ourselves and being self-confident. So I love that you do this. All right. So if someone's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I want that. (laughs) I want whatever you gave your client. Like, what are some things I'm looking behind you right now? So some of you might be listening to the audio, but I'm looking at Candy right now and she has this beautiful rainbow of journals behind her. So maybe that will be one of the things, but what are some things we can start to do to go on this journey? Like, do you have tools or a tool or question that we should con some piece to just take us that first step of what does it look like to become somebody who is self-confident? Yeah. And for me, I love that you like my rainbow of journals. And as I shared with you, I also have a stack well, actually multiple stacks (laughs) sitting on chairs close to me. So journaling is always a big thing. But the place that it starts, this thing about confidence, self-confidence specifically, the place that it starts is you have to decide that you're going to. Yeah. And so like just that alone, like, you know what, this is worth it. I've decided I'm going to start to create a relationship with myself. And that decision can happen in an instant. You're one thought away from that decision, right? That's probably the most important. I love that. And I love how you just framed it that way. So I just want to pause on that, that you're making a relationship with yourself, because even just saying it that way, I feel like opens up this whole array of things, because when you're thinking about a relationship with a friend or with your spouse or with your children, like there's certain things you start to think of certain things you would spend time doing that most of us probably wouldn't think to do with ourselves you know, when we're thinking about becoming more confident people. So I love that piece. So yes, definitely. And the journals is always a part of it. And I love that you're big into journaling and that you show everyone about journaling as well. One of the best places for us to find more about ourselves. And that takes a little bit of courage to pull out that blank page and that pen. And I'm big about handwriting my journal. Yeah, me too. Lots of people do a Google Doc. And that's if that's your way, fine. Whatever it needs to be to get started, that's the important thing. So there's that, you know, deciding. And then there's that little bit of courage, like, 
it can be kind of nerve wracking to open up, you know, sort of crack the spine of this new journal and look at these blank pages and sit there with a pen and like, what do I write? So the place to always start is ask yourself, what am I worried about right now? And just write the answer to that. Or ask yourself, what am I thinking about today? Or what would I like to have in my life? Sometimes those simplest questions are just the best place to start to, it's kind of like, you know, a coffee date, right? With a new friend. We've never really known that person before. And this is that blank journal for you. I love that. And do you do anything with your responses or is it just really about getting it out of your head and onto the paper? It depends on the day. And so lots of times what I do is I notice all the chatter that's in my head. So it's kind of like that cleaning out your junk drawer in your kitchen. For me, it always gets cluttered and that's what my brain does as well. So what are the thoughts that are rolling around in my head? And do those thoughts actually help me? Or am I just really being mean to myself? So seeing what the thoughts are to begin with, then questioning the thoughts, you know, is this really true? Is this always true? And then the what if, what if there was something else? What if there was another possibility? The other thing that I use the journaling and thoughts for is just what you were saying about coming into the feeling, you know, so when I think that thought, how do I feel? And I'm a firm believer that our thoughts and our feelings kind of do this dance, right? Our thoughts fuel our feelings and our feelings are a reflection of our thoughts. And our thoughts are the language of our brain, our mind, and the feeling is the language of our body. We've each got our own balance about what feels our way, right? So what am I thinking and how do I feel? And that is everything with the journaling. I love that. I love that. I mean, one of the reasons that the modality that we teach is, I mean, just what we do around here is planning because what I just think of planning is just deciding in advance and it allows you to regulate your feelings and make decisions from like good feelings instead of making a choice at the moment where you're feeling depleted or angry or frustrated because those choices will literally be different than if we're feeling self-confident. So it just gives you the space to be like, oh, I shouldn't plan right now. I need to journal for a minute or go walking around the block or take a deep breath. And then maybe you're just like a little bit in a different mindset to be able to sit down and decide what you want to do for the day or the hour or the week or whatever it is that you're planning for. Yeah, that's powerful. And such a great approach that sometimes you need that little bit of decompression before you're ready to plan. Yeah, I love that. And so if you're journaling, one more journaling question, because I know (laughs) that there's some people listening who are like, but I've been taught that I should always be positive. And like, and I think, you know, not only is that part of the personal development world right now for anyone who's like operating in that world, which I feel like some of our listeners probably fall into that, but also I think it's part of the conditioning of being a woman, right? And it's like, we're just supposed to show up and with a smile and do the things. And, you know, and I feel like that's when we start to feel really empty is when the things we're doing is are not at all in alignment with our true selves, right? And so I feel like we have all this conditioning around staying positive. So is it okay to just journal all the crap? Actually mandatory, (laughs) mandatory to journal all the crap. We would love to feel positive all the time, but emotions are fluid. And sometimes when we try to force ourselves to feel positive, we're actually creating that sort of more push-pull resistance, which actually makes it harder to move through the emotion. The less we resist 
feeling any emotion, whatever it might be, bitter and resentment or confidence or joy, the less we resist that emotion, the easier the emotions move. And we're human. We will feel every emotion. So there's that, you know, the positive thing is that first there's that kind of judgy bit about it. Like I shouldn't feel this way, judging ourselves, which is not very helpful because we do feel that way. And that ties with the self-confidence because now you're going to be honest with yourself about, but I do feel bitter right now. I do feel disappointed. And that means that I can be my own listening ear too, right? Yeah. All right. So we're building our self-confidence and I love this and we're spending time and energy to do that, which is what I feel like I'm always on my soapbox saying like, you know, because it comes back to us. It makes our days different. It makes time different. I just feel like all those kinds of developments, the development of our own self-concept and self-confidence, like the time that I have put into that just always comes back to me tenfold, a hundredfold. And it's hard to imagine when you feel like you have no space to sit down and journal and do these things. But I don't know. That's what I have to say about that. I don't know if you have more to say about the time that you put into it coming back to you, but I just I agree that it comes back to you, but it also kind of compounds, don't you find? Yeah. Like right now is easier when I do it, but that compounding effect of the life that I'm creating for myself yes. a week from now that. or six months from now, right? Like it's a better return on investment than anything. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. That's so true. And it's like the woman who you spoke to, it's like, it's really hard to imagine and it's really hard to even predict, right? That's why we're constantly having to reevaluate what our next thing is, because as you become this person who's a little bit more self-confident, a little bit more self-confident, it's like you see a different future. Literally. Yeah. I love that. And I don't know if you do this or not, but this is one of the reasons that I keep this big stack of journals is because I'm a different person than I was Yeah, because of that journaling. And I've forgotten. Right. Yeah. And so the people that you work with, if they keep their journals, they can go back and there's that other boost of self-confidence. It's like, my goodness, look at who I used to be six months ago and look at who I am now. And that just reminds, it's that sort of virtuous circle, right? Like, oh, I'm really making progress. Wow. I'm really building my own integrity. It's everything. I don't know if you've ever listened to Rob Bell. Do you know who that is? He's a, he's no, a podcaster. You should no. check out his podcast. He's an amazing, prolific person. He has an amazing story, which I won't go into now, but he recorded a podcast recently that he was just sort of laughing at himself. And he was just having a conversation with someone who was projecting something of like, you know, on him that maybe was him a couple of years ago. And he was just like, that was seven Robs ago, you know, and I love that. <laughs> he was like, and you know, and then, so he started doing it all over the place. Like his kid would be like, didn't you tell me that? And he was like, that was two Robs ago, you know, and he would just like, <laughs> keep saying like all the numbers of how many Robs ago it was and to me. Like that was a really amazing thought to keep having of like, oh yeah, that was like five Mias ago. Like, you know, when you're, my kids are always calling me out on things I did. And I'm like, yeah, of course I did that. But that was like 10 Mias ago. Like, that's not me today. Today, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> we get it. to change. Yeah. Yeah. We have to give ourselves sure. permission to do so. I've never thought about it in that way. And I love that. I'm always kind of thinking about the U 2.0 or U 3.0, right? But I don't yeah. ever think about that backwards view. Oh, I like it. Yeah, cool. right. And it brings some humor to it. You know, we can be so serious about our past and our future. <laughs> Just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like bringing some humor to it. So I always laugh a little with that one. So 
as we're going on this journey, my guess is that there are moments when there's a voice in our head that's like, who are you to like, want to be this self-confident? Who are you not to listen to the neighbor instead of, you know, and listen to your own heart? Like, who are you to do this instead of that? So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that voice has got many names. I happen to call it the voice of your inner critic. And that voice will always be in my head. Like there's just no way around it. Right. Yeah. It just gets a little bit more trickier about its voice. Right. It might sound more positive, but really have that underhanded slice to it. So the inner critic for me is a voice that the voice that doesn't want me to change the yeah. voice that says, well, it might not be great, but at least you can handle this because we're here and you're kind of treading water. Sure, you've got water in your nose a couple of times, but you can handle this. And it just wants you to stay the same. The thing that I find so interesting is that, again, it's this sort of resistance, this push-pull. I used to hear that voice of the inner critic and believe it. And then I evolved to the point where I heard it and I was like, no, that's not right. And I'd sort of like resist it, right? Fight it. And now I embrace it, you know, and I can't remember where I heard it. I would love to credit the person that I heard it from. I probably heard it half a dozen times before it clicked, but it's this, that is the voice of evolution. It's the voice that kept my ancestors alive. And it's the voice that's trying to keep me alive. It's motive is so pure and so loving. It's just inconvenient for the, who I want to be. Right. Yeah. So as soon as I stopped fighting and accepting that voice, and kind of put my arm around it, maybe wrap it in a fuzzy blanket and say, hey, come on, don't worry, we're going to be okay. Don't you love this pink fuzzy blanket? It makes all the difference. And I know that it's going to be driving in the car of my life forever and ever. So it might as well have a nice comfy seat in the back seat. Yeah, I love that. And it's part <laughs> of you, right? It's part of the self-confident you still has that voice. Most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I love that. I love that bringing it all. I can see like even the way that you just explained it. I was like, oh, that's so interesting because I feel like we all know somebody who, you know, how you explained yourself and how probably if I met you then I would have totally explained you as like, I would have described you as so confident, right? But you were not feeling that way inside. And I feel like that's such a good differentiator because so many of us can put on that thing, but probably we're denying that voice of the saboteur or whatever we want to call it. Right. And once we embrace it, it's like, that's true self-confidence and it can be felt in a different way. I think mm-hmm. it goes around yeah. us, but it's oh, tricky. Yeah. It's, it's subtle. How do you experience self-confidence? I go to the dermatologist and put all the things <laughs> on my face and then show up on <laughs> podcast episodes anyway. No, <laughs> it's interesting. My self-confidence, like, I feel it's definitely like an onion. And so it's like, I always feel that, you know, our true selves know exactly how much we can take at any given time. So if I'm really being fair to myself, I've always been as confident as I can be in any given moment, you know, and it's just like, as I get older, and, you know, study more and journal more and do all the things I can become more and more confident. And I will definitely say that my confidence was shaken about three years ago, at a time when I imagined, like just before the moment where it got shook, I sort of imagined I was my most confident self, you know, like I thought I had grown to the place where this is where I was supposed to live from. 
And then one of my kids had like a very big mental health crisis and it brought into question all the things that I was teaching and believing and doing. And it became like the most amazing growth moment to then go back in and really step into the next level. So I almost see like, it's like these steps. It's like, you know, it's like, we're always growing. And I used to think that there was an end destination. And I think all I'm telling you all this, cause I'm not so sure there is, I feel more and more comfortable in my skin. And then, but I just turned 48. And so I will tell you, <laughs> that like, <laughs> I was feeling really confident in my body at age 40, you know, or like 38. And then all of a sudden, whatever happens in your mid to late forties happens. And I was like, Oh, and then you kind of have to step into it again. And I'm like, you know, I've been on this little mini journey. Like it's true though. Like what you said about it's more exponential. Like, so this time it was faster. It was easier. I could find her faster. I could find myself. I could find confidence faster. And now I'm here again. And now, you know, it's just a different body, but I can live in her and feel excited about her and confident in her. And I'm sure then I'm sure something else will happen, you know, knock on wood, but that it doesn't happen today. But, you know, I'm sure there will be something else that will knock it a little bit or shift my beliefs a little bit. And I'll have to step through it again. So I guess where I could have started was the answer to that is that I was definitely one of those people who thought I needed to stay positive. So it was really the shift of going into the allowing myself to be in the darkness and really getting comfortable there that has shifted a lot for me in terms of my own self-confidence. Wow. I just hear so many moments of courage in there, mm. you know, like when our kids are having a tough time ugh, being there. Yeah. yeah. And also to allow the, you know, that you can get comfortable again in your body as it ages and all the changes it goes through. It takes courage to live a life like yeah, this. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we all do it. You, every coach you help become a coach and really succeed and find their people. I feel like we all do it just to really be an example and show other people what's possible because there aren't many blueprints to this kind of life. It's not what we're taught in school. You know, it's not what our ancestors grew up thinking like. And so we're really writing a new story right now, I think. And that's really interesting because I was talking to one of my clients and I asked her that question about, you know, like, what do you think coaching was now, whether it's coaching or healing or, you know, some sort of a blend, what do you think coaching was 50 years ago, a hundred years ago? And I always kind of had this image that it would be sort of, you know, the wise woman or whatever. And her answer just shocked me and it stuck with me forever. And it's changed how I thought about it. She said that coaching couldn't have existed a hundred years ago because we were so busy still trying to survive. Yeah. That there was so many stresses in our everyday life that couldn't have allowed us to reflect and develop. And it's only now that there is a space for coaching that it can actually exist. And I thought that that was fascinating. I don't know. I just thought it really got me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, and I definitely think that there's, places to go back. And I imagine that's why sort of psychology became the thing. And definitely there are many people who benefit from therapy. But for me, coaching is more about forward, like going forward. And so, yeah, I totally agree that we're probably at this unique time in history where this is where, like, where we can actually do this. We can actually look forward in this way that there's more space to do so. Yeah. Just makes me take a breath and go, oh, wow. 
Like what else can we do? Right. (laughs) Right. It's so exciting. I think it is exciting to see how many things have changed. And then sometimes you go back and you read a very old text and you're just like, oh, it's always been like this. It's always been the human condition, you know? So I think there's both things, but yeah, I do think we're in such a unique time where there's such amazing opportunity for humanity to really shift in amazing ways. Just gives me hope for the future. Our world is so troubled right now, but anytime I can find like there's this little glimpse of hope, I know. I'm hanging on to it. (laughs) We got to pass that on to our kids. These teenagers think the world's coming to an end. So (laughs) yes, not just the teenagers, my children are adults and they, they suspect the same. And I think that that just means there's a change, a big change happening, but yeah, I totally agree. Oh my gosh. You don't look like you could possibly have adult children. I just have to say that out loud. Uh, I'm looking you in the face. You look amazing. (laughs) So much. (laughs) I'm over 60. So yes, I can. You are not. Are you kidding me? No way. Yeah. I like feel like I need to see your birth certificate to believe that. That (laughs) That could be arranged to me. You look amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Amazing. All right, Candy, tell us how we can find you. So anyone who's listening, who would love to hear more from Candy, and especially if you're about to build a business around coaching or healing. So the easiest place to find me is at my podcast. We're on your podcast and I have a podcast too, and I love podcasting. It's called She Coaches Coaches, and I release episodes every week. I do all kinds of stuff. I do solo episodes. I do interviews. And Mia, you're going to be a guest on actually a number of episodes, which is going to be super fun. And I also do a little bit of coaching demonstration from time to time. So She Coaches Coaches is the easiest way. And then if you like how I sound, come and check out my website and all those things. But audio is the way to go for me. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today and just being such an inspiration. And now I just want to know all the things you do for your body. <laughs> so I'm like, how is she so <laughs> But anyway, you've just given me a new possibility. So thank you so much for being here today. And I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Gosh, I enjoyed our conversation too. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Oh, good. At the end of every episode, we share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because change comes from action. No matter how much we all want that magic wand to just do the trick, right? Doable changes are the things that you can add into your life one at a time to make micro shifts and with those micro shifts, create a ripple effect that will create big change over time. It is unbelievable how this works. And I know that sometimes it's hard to remember that you don't need to do huge things to make huge change. So I encourage you to choose one of the doable changes that I'm about to share with you. One that maybe piques your interest, that you're drawn to, and roll with it and see what happens. See how you can fit it into your days and your week and your life and just see what happens. All right, here are three from my conversation with Candy. Number one, choose a relationship with yourself. This is the very first step to building yourself confident. And for obvious reasons, it's the most important. So I recommend actually starting with this one if you're feeling a little bit wobbly on being in relationship with yourself. And it's just a consistent practice throughout a week, right? You notice when you've not chosen to be in right relationship with yourself, 
and then you go on and then you notice again and then you notice when you are and then you pull yourself back in, right? It's a consistent practice throughout a week, especially when you're in the beginning of this, but also when you're in the midst of a change. I still most definitely have phases where I have to remember to come back into relationship with myself and not be consistently like outsourcing my feelings to others. And it's a really powerful shift. All right. Doable change number two is one of my favorites. It comes up a lot. And one of the reasons that I allow it to be part of the doable changes more than once in the evolution of our 300, however many podcasts we have at this point, as this is being recorded, is because I'm always curious about how different people recommend coming into it. And the doable change is journaling. Journaling is an amazing way to explore yourself, what you like, fear, want, all the things that you want to bring into your life. I recommend handwriting in a journal, but you can totally do this digitally if that's what resonates more. To get started, you could try one of these questions that came up in this episode. So it could be, what am I thinking about today? What am I worried about? What do I want in my life? And I love thinking of it as a coffee date with myself, right? Sometimes I even make it a coffee date with myself. And when I'm finding that there's like just too much swirly energy in my house, you know, three teenagers, my husband, the dog, like everyone's around, I literally sometimes walk out and go to that coffee shop or the bench in the park with my journal and just get the space I need to actually get words onto the page. All right, number three, work with your inner critic. Do not let your inner critic sink your self-confidence. We want to work with the inner critic. I was about to say her, but we want to work with the inner critic. We're not going to genderize our inner critic. That doesn't mean resisting or fighting your inner critic. It means recognizing that your inner critic is there. It's just trying to keep you safe. You can listen, acknowledge fears, and move on. Next time your inner critic gets loud, you could remind yourself that your inner critic is the voice of evolution. Don't you love that? So spending this week, this doable change would just be about noticing, not judging, not letting it drive your actions, right? But seeing where your inner critic might be driving some of your actions. So you're just working with it. All right, those are our three doable changes from this episode. I can't wait to hear what you pick. Always feel free to come onto Instagram share what you're doing. We love to hear. And there's always an image for each episode on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart and have a great day.